Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. I'm going to start this morning the same way I started last week, which is with a spoiler alert for the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth tells the story of how God's loyalty paves the way for the coming of his son, Jesus the Redeemer. That's what the whole story is about. The book of Ruth features one particular family in the village of Bethlehem, but the story is not really about that particular family. This story is about how God will redeem his larger family some 30 generations later through his son, Jesus Christ. So though we read about this particular family that Ruth is a part of, This story is not really about that family. This story is about God's grand story, God's grand forever family, and your participation in that story and in that family. Ruth is the story of hope that is rising out of a heap of ashes. Think about Ruth's storyline, having lost so much. Naomi having lost so much, and yet hope rising out of that heap of ashes. It's a story that invites us to sing hallelujah to the Lord, even in the midst of hardships, because God is at work, even, and maybe especially, during difficult times. The story of the book of Ruth is a story of redemption for people who feel like their life has been wrecked. The book of Ruth is a story for people who feel that God couldn't or wouldn't possibly use your ordinary life in order to accomplish his extraordinary purposes. Think about that. Ruth, Naomi, fairly ordinary people. And yet God uses their ordinary lives to propel his extraordinary story of redemption forward. The book of Ruth is for people who find it difficult to see the God of hope at work when the world can feel like hope is hard to come by. The book of Ruth is for people who, like Ruth, are outsiders, foreigners, aliens, homeless. And the book of Ruth tells us that there are no outsiders for God's love. That is who this book is for and what this book is. Is about. And I invited you last week to consider reading the whole story, the whole book, each week that we're considering Ruth, these four weeks. There are four chapters, and uh, so we're going through the book of Ruth over four weeks. But the story really is meant to be told all at once. It's a short story. It will take you maybe about 25 minutes to sit down and read the whole thing through. And I want to invite you and encourage you to do that, to read each week the story of Ruth all the way through. And I think that if you do that, that you will be invited, captivated, 
why this story, that Ruth's story will become more and more your story, that you will get caught up in God's grand story that he tells through the book of Ruth. So I want to encourage you to do that during these weeks. Today we're going to focus on Boaz and on his character and how Boaz embodies the Lord's kindness in at least five ways. So five ways that Boaz embodies the Lord's kindness. First of all, Boaz is a man of worthy character. In verse 1, we're introduced to Boaz and we're told that he was a prominent rich man. That phrase, prominent rich man, is notoriously difficult to translate from Hebrew, which is why many of our English translations offer different, uh, different translations of that phrase. But this word, prominent rich man, in the original Hebrew is the same word used to describe Ruth later in chapter 3. When we learn, or when we are told, that Ruth is a worthy woman. It's the same word there. She is a, a woman of worth. And we're told here that Boaz is, is a man of worth, and probably it's his worthy character that led him to be a prominent man in his village of Bethlehem. We see Boaz's worthy character at work in his relationships in his relationship with his employees, with his workers, the people who are reaping in his field. If you remember, he came to his field and he greeted them and he said, the Lord be with you. And they respond to him, the Lord bless you. It seems like Boaz has cultivated a relationship of trust and mutual respect with his workers, with his employees, with his household. And this is just one of the ways that Boaz's character, his worthy character, is demonstrated to us. I've heard it said that if you want to get a window into a man or a woman's character, uh, into a Christian's character, then you don't consider what he or she says and does on Sunday at church. You consider what he or she says or does on Monday morning. And it would appear here that Boaz... His character is worthy as he has developed mutually respectful relationships with the people he works with. The second way that his worthy character comes out is through his kindness. When Naomi discovers that Ruth has been gleaning in Boaz's field and that Boaz has been super wonderful to her, Naomi says in verse 20, she says, Blessed be he by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Blessed be he by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living and, or the dead. Whose kindness. But whose kindness is it that Naomi is talking about? Is it the Lord's kindness? Or is it the kindness of Boaz? And from a grammatical point of view in the text, it could be either. It is not clear whether Naomi is referring to the Lord's kindness or whether she is referring to Boaz's kindness. And I think the author, who's brilliant, the author of the book of Ruth, does this quite intentionally. Wants to leave us guessing. Is it the Lord's kindness or is it the kindness of Boaz? And I think that the author wants us to say, yes, that's right, both. It is both the kindness of Boaz and the kindness of the Lord because those are the one and the same thing. 
The kindness of Boaz looks just like the kindness of the Lord. Boaz is embodying the Lord's kindness here because Boaz is a man of worthy character. Secondly, Boaz provides protection for the powerless. Right, so first of all, he's a man of worthy character. Secondly, he provides protection for the powerless. Ruth is a widowed foreigner. She's in an incredibly vulnerable position in life. And Boaz offers his protection to her. He tells her to continue reaping in his fields. You know, don't, don't go to somebody else's field. That might be dangerous. Stay in my field. I will protect you here. He instructs her to stay close to the young women in his household. Hang out with them. Don't go hang out with others because I don't want you get mi getting mixed up in a dangerous crowd. Boaz instructs the young men not to bother Ruth. Apparently that could have been a problem. Boaz offers Ruth protection under his wings, metaphorically speaking. He protects the powerless. Thirdly, Boaz is generous beyond measure. Allowing Ruth to reap in his fields was simply the requirement of the Mosaic law. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 24. The command is to leave behind some of the harvest so that widows and orphans and foreigners can glean and can have enough and find enough to eat. So by allowing Ruth, the foreigner, to reap in his field, Boaz was just obeying the scriptures. He was simply doing what the scriptures told him to do. But he goes far beyond what is required of him. His generous nature goes beyond what is required. Look at verses 14 through 16 again. At mealtime, Boaz said to Ruth, come here and eat some of this bread and dip your morsel in the sour wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he heaped up for her some parched grain. She ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. She ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. That might be the best line in the book. She ate until she was satisfied, and she still had some left over. She was given permission to reap from the unharvested portions of the field. It goes on and, and Boaz says, look, uh, why don't you go ahead and reap from the standing sheaves, the place that, hasn't, that haven't yet been harvested, not just from the leftovers. You know, some uh, bakeries have uh, this wonderful habit of offering their day-old baked goods to like shelters or other nonprofit organizations. And it's a wonderful practice, a wonderful act of generosity to give uh, that day-old baked goods to, uh, to nonprofits. But Boaz here, if he were the owner of a bakery, what he's saying is he's saying, don't give Ruth the day-old bread. Give Ruth as much of the freshly baked bread as she can bring home with her. That's how Boaz's generosity is beyond measure. The fourth way that Boaz's character embodies the character of the Lord is that he considered Ruth's 
need, not her nationality. Ruth, or Boaz considered Ruth's needs, not her nationality. He acted towards her based upon what she needed, not her national origins. And this surprises even Ruth. She expects to be treated differently because she's a foreigner. Verse 10, Ruth says to Boaz, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? She expected to be invisible. And this is one of the most startling storylines of the book of Ruth. Ruth is a Moabite. She's a foreigner. And over and over again, that is highlighted for us in the story. Ruth is consistently called Ruth the Moabite. Ruth the Moabite. It's part of her identity. Did you notice in the story that Naomi is never called Naomi the Bethlehemite? Apart from the very first chapter, when we're introduced to Naomi and her family, we're told that they come from Bethlehem. But aside from that, Naomi is never referred to as Naomi the Bethlehemite. Likewise, Boaz. Boaz is never introduced to us or or introduced to us as Boaz the Bethlehemite. But over and over again, we're told that Ruth is the Moabite. She's Ruth from Moab. Why does the author keep calling her Ruth the Moabite? It's even exaggerated in verse 6. I don't know if you picked this up. The foreman of the reapers says to Boaz, um, she, referring to Ruth, she is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Oh, thanks. That's good. She's the Moabite from Moab. Where else are Moabites from? It's an exaggeration. And I think, again, that the author does this intentionally. It's redundant. The author wants us to know that Ruth is an outsider. She's a foreigner. She doesn't belong because this is a significant part of God's story of redemption. Because again, there are no foreigners to God's love. There are no outsiders to God's love. There is no one who is from too far away. There is no one who has set sail too far away for God's love. Boaz was kind to Ruth because of her need, not because of her nationality, not because of her affiliation or lack of affiliation, not because of her ideology, not because of her voter registration. No, simply because she had a need. And Boaz acted according to that need. The fifth way that Boaz embodies the character of the Lord is Boaz is a servant. Boaz expressed his kindness and generosity to Ruth personally and literally. I owe this insight to Dan Kolka, who observed this in our Zoom Bible study. We're walking through the book of Ruth, and we're, uh, we're a couple chapters ahead. And uh, Dan Kolka pointed this out. Look closely again at verse 14 if you have your Bibles with you. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some of this bread and dip your morsel in the sour wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he heaped up for her some parched grain. Boaz heaped on to Ruth's plate some parched grain. The head of the household, the master, so to speak, Boaz, served Ruth dinner. This is not normal. 
This is not typical. The servants were the ones who would be serving the meal. But Boaz here himself serves Ruth because he is a servant at heart. It's, a, it's an astounding scene, and it's a tender scene. And yes, we're probably supposed to be wondering at this point, hmm, does Boaz kind of have a thing for Ruth? And we're going to find out, yeah, turns out that he does. But nonetheless, he is a servant. So Boaz embodies the Lord's kindness and character by providing protection for the powerless, by generously giving to Ruth more than she even needed, by acting according to Ruth's needs rather than her nationality, and finally by serving her. But the question is, what does that matter to us? What are the implications for us? What, does this make any difference come Monday morning? And if you are a follower of Jesus, the implications for us are profound. To follow Jesus is to become like him, to become like Jesus. If you are a Christian, then you are a little Christ. That's what that term Christian means. And the term Christian was first used as a derogatory term in the early church. It was uh, first used by people who were making fun of these people who ran around acting like little Christs, doing and saying what Jesus did all the time. And the followers of Jesus in the early church thought that that description was quite appropriate. Yes, they were going around acting like little Christs. So Christian, that is a wonderful label. And Boaz in this story is the little Christ. Boaz is the little Christ in the story of Ruth. Of course, it's 1,100 years before Christ was born in Bethlehem. But as I have said, you can see in Boaz the character of Jesus Christ so clearly. The implication for us is that we are invited to emulate Boaz's character because Boaz's character is emulating the character of Jesus Christ. So if we are followers of Jesus, we are becoming Christ-like. And the story of Ruth shows us what Christ is like. Christ is like Boaz. Or I suppose we should say Boaz is like Jesus Christ. So the invitation for us is to become like Boaz, to become servants to become people who act towards others according to their need, not according to their affiliation or their nationality. To provide protection for people who are vulnerable and powerless. To be generous beyond measure. To be people of worthy character. That's the invitation for us. And maybe you feel as though God couldn't or wouldn't possibly use an ordinary person like you or me to propel God's extraordinary purposes in the world. Or maybe you are experiencing life right now in a way that it feels like life is a heap of ashes and it's difficult to see hope. 
and to imagine or to hope to become more like Boaz, to become more like Jesus Christ. Maybe your life feels like a wreck, or maybe your emotional or mental or physical health right now is a wreck. How could you possibly become more like Boaz, more like Jesus Christ? And if that's you, if you find yourself in that kind of position today, then the book of Ruth is for you. This story of God's redemption is for you. This is the story that you are invited into. Because this is a story of people who find it difficult to see hope in the midst of hopeless circumstances. This is a story of redemption for wrecked people. This is a story where God's sovereign and loyal love comes through even in the midst of of the heap of ashes. It's precisely the wrecked outsider about whom Jesus says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, Ruth was an outsider. She was a foreigner. She was grief stricken at her loss. But this is a story of Ruth being redeemed Naomi being redeemed through the kindness and generosity of Boaz. We're also told that Ruth made a very important decision. In verse 12, we're told that Ruth sought refuge under the wings of the Lord. She had sought shelter, protection, provision, and hope under the wings of the Almighty. And that is why she was blessed. She is under the wings of the Lord. More on that next week when we consider Ruth chapter 3. The Lord is redeeming what had been her wrecked life. The Lord is using her ordinary life to propel his extraordinary purposes. I mean, can you imagine the birth of Obed, who is the grandfather of King David, who generations later would... Uh, make a way for the coming of Jesus, the Redeemer. Ordinary Ruth, God's extraordinary purpose and plan. But this isn't a story about Ruth's redemption. This isn't really about that particular family in Bethlehem. It's a story about God redeeming your life. It's a story about you being invited to take shelter under his wings, to grant you hope, to grant you life, to grant you a second chance because there are no outsiders when it comes to God's love. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this story. Thank you that your love has incredibly, an incredibly long reach. And that there is nowhere we can go to actually escape your love. This is true. Jesus, we celebrate your loyal love for us and for the world. Would you help us to see you at work in the midst of difficult circumstances, faithfully, generously 
providing a way for your purposes to move forward. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpchb.